Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from socially distant locations at Lambeau Field. And Wes, unfortunately, we are discussing yet another loss in an NFC championship game for the Green Bay Packers. This one, 31 to 26 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Lambeau Field. And Compared to the other two that you and I have covered together here on with Packers.com, I know we also both covered the one in Seattle six years ago um, in uh, when you had a different job. But um, this one, this one hurts. This one, uh, um, this one really hurts everybody in the organization because it was all lined up. The Packers got the first round by the only team to get one. They're playing in January at home. It's everything that they wanted. And uh, the combination of too many mistakes early, not quite enough of a comeback late, and they come up short once again. Yeah, uh, it was a really frustrating game on so many levels. And I, I think you can ask anybody in the locker room. I mean, we heard a lot of guys talk about it after the game, just how disappointing this was, because this was as, as tailor-made and set up for Green Bay to make a Super Bowl run as any season that I've covered. Certainly you were there for 2010 and, and also seeing the, the run in 2007, the, the last hurrah there of Brett Favre. And it, it's difficult because, okay, in, in 14, Green Bay got off to a good start. They didn't finish drives, but they did get off to a good start, got all those picks off of Russell Wilson. But the Seahawks were the lead dog. They were the, the team that was sort of the team to beat, especially in that stadium where they had been on a big undefeated streak. So there was sort of that aura around it. 16 was run the table, was really fun, a huge emotional victory against the Dallas Cowboys that got them there. But once they got there, they had so many injuries, you know, Jordy Nelson playing with a flak jacket on. I mean, like th those, right. it was just a bizarre game. Right. San Francisco, they'd lost to him earlier in the season. They went back pretty much the same recipe really weren't in that game this game they were in it until the bitter end and that's what makes these losses difficult and the fact that you know and you and I talked about it Mike more than we could ever uh really describe you, you they had to play clean football they didn't they couldn't turn over the football they need to run the football there were all these things that needed to happen they need to pressure Tom Brady and it just didn't happen consistently enough and you know, there's, there's, when you have a loss like this and there's so many eyeballs on it, people point to specific coaches and specific players and they try to make scapegoats. But the reality is the Packers didn't do enough as a football team to win this game. And unfortunately for them for the fourth straight time falling in an NFC championship matchup. Yeah. I think the thing that gets the most frustrating when you look at it uh, and when you look at it in the larger context of these last couple of trips to the NFC championship game is in 2016, when the Atlanta Falcons were the better team, they played like it. In yep. 2019, when the San Francisco 49ers were the better team, they played like it. I believe the Green Bay Packers were the better team going into Sunday. I think the Packers are a better team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the Packers didn't play like it. And you have to play like it to do that, to, to, to win it. And we had talked heading into the postseason, Wes, this was all about for the Green Bay Packers, this was all about be who you are, right? And they did that against the Los Angeles Rams because they converted on third down, they converted in the red zone, they didn't turn the ball over, all of those things. Well, what happened against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Goal-to-go possessions that came up short. You had a couple of turnovers that led to 14 points the other way. They didn't stay balanced on offense. 
Matt LaFleur admitted to getting away from the running game at some, at some crucial moments, you know, in goal to go after Jair Alexander got a couple interceptions that were part of the comeback. Just all these things that you point to and say, you know, the Packers didn't follow the be who you are mantra in, in order to win the game. And, uh, and unfortunately that's, that's what happens. It was looking like they might pull off a miracle comeback down 28 to 10 early third quarter after the second turnover gave the Tampa Bay Buccaneers another touchdown. The Packers get back within five points, three possessions in the fourth quarter, two of them down by five, another one down by eight, three possessions needing a touchdown, couldn't get it. And, uh, and unfortunately, it's uh, the second straight year where, uh, where the Packers and, and Matt LaFleur in his very successful tenure here early on as the Green Bay Packers head coach, it ends at uh, the same painful stage. Yeah, and it was funny too. The games in which Tampa Bay won this year, uh, it was what, 14 of them or something like that? Something crazy. Uh, Tom Brady had thrown three interceptions in those games. He throws three interceptions in this game alone, uh, all in the second half. And if you would have told me back-to-back-to-back interceptions by Amos, <laughs> by Jair Alexander, by Jair Alexander again, uh, and, and Green Bay would still come up on the losing end, I don't know if I would have believed you. But, you know, the, the, the biggest moment there, one, they got off to a slow start again, um, which was actually kind of turned on its head from the first matchup with Tampa Bay where they actually got off to a pretty fast start, but then the second quarter was, was a grind. And then, I mean, ultimately, Mike, you can get takeaways, you can get turnovers, but when the Buccaneers get two of them and convert those into 14 points and Green Bay gets three and only gets six out of it, that, that ultimately was the difference in this game. And and I, I tweeted it uh, when they got the ball back with 214, I believe it was, or 217 to go in the, in the half. I'm like, well, this is their chance to double up. And yep. unfortunately, through a series of events there, it ends up being the Buccaneers who doubled up on them and, and were able to, to get that 18 point lead. That wasn't insurmountable. I was saying it the entire time I saw Aaron Nagler mention it too. There was a lot of ball game left. There was a lot of yeah. time left. There was 27 minutes left at that point. Uh, and green Bay did get their offense back on the tracks a little bit, but uh, with a game like this, it's the NFC title game. You're playing really good competition, regardless of how they got there. Uh, yeah. You, you can't put yourself in those positions. And for good green Bay Packers, it was just, enough of, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to not errors, but I mean, it just, it was enough mistakes that ultimately led to, uh, them coming up one game short of, of their ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for more of a a nightmare sequence than what happened at the end of the first half and beginning of the second half, as you mentioned, the Packers win the coin toss and defer because you like to have that opportunity to potentially double up. Well, it, it ends up backfiring twice on them because the Buccaneers take the opening kickoff, go down and score and have a lead. Um, but then when you do have the chance to double up on either side of halftime, it, it, uh, it burns you both ways because Rogers throws an interception. Unfortunately, then the Buccaneers hit the touchdown over the top on the last play of the first half then Aaron Jones fumbles and they get a goal to go situation and they, and they punch it in. I believe it was only about 75 seconds of clock time between those two touchdowns. And, uh, and when a team gets 14 points off of two turnovers that quickly, and you end up losing the game by five, that just, that just makes it that much harder to swallow. It really does. Yeah. And it's not, and again, getting back to my original premise, when we open the show, it's, it isn't just one specific player. All the eyes are going to be on Scotty Miller's touchdown 
the coverage that was involved with that Kevin King being in, in, in coverage against him. But you also think about a couple plays earlier where Will Redmond has a chance at, you know, a, just a lob ball that Brady throws and could have easily been picked off. It looked like you see the, the replay would have been picked off and it goes through his hands. It's yep. that decision uh, from the Bucks side, because there are two teams on the field. It's the decision for the Bucks to go back to the sideline and decide, you know what, we're going to try for this thing. Um, and then certainly coming out of the second half, the, the hit that Jordan Whitehead laid on uh, Aaron Jones, legal hit, good hit, uh, pops the ball out. Jones, unfortunately, gets injured on the play. They get the ball at the eight-yard line. And you just, I, I it just kept going back through my head over and over again that it's like that was 14 points, uh, those two instances in a game in which uh, the Buccaneers only ended up scoring 31. So, uh Again, it's it just uh, it's a disappointing end to a, a special year, and I think that's what makes these more and more difficult when you put together uh, a team like they did. And obviously, there were a lot more injuries this year than there were in 2019. But uh, you have a team that you feel can compete for a Super Bowl. I know the New Orleans Saints had teams like that the past few years. Minnesota Vikings. There's been some good squads, but that margin for error, that that thin line of greatness, is is so so thin and for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's a huge opportunity that they have now going up against Kansas city for the super bowl 45 championship. Yeah. 55 actually, but that one too. Yeah. Um, Sirius XM NFL radio channel 88 is the only radio outlet dedicated to the national football league, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, Well, it wouldn't be a, an NFL playoff game and a close game without some controversy involved. And (laughs) Oh, we're going to um, go there, huh? <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just say there's, there's been, there's a lot of discussion obviously about the pass interference call at the end when it looks like the Packers are going to get a defensive stop and Rogers is maybe going to get another shot down by five points. The flag comes out for DPI when lots of stuff had been let go throughout the course of the game, including on the ball that, uh, that, uh, um, Murphy bunting for the Buccaneers intercepted um, where it looked like he had held Alan Lazard. The Buccaneers get an interception, which then they turn into the Scotty Miller touchdown. So you have all of that. You have um, the discussion about Matt LaFleur's decision on fourth and goal to kick the field goal and send his defense back out there rather than go for it on fourth and eight. There was some miscommunication, or I should say more of an opportunity an opportunity, a lack of opportunity to communicate between the quarterback and the head coach there, because they were clearly on different pages in terms of what the decision was going to be um, in that situation. And, uh, and, and, you know, Packers kind of get caught because yeah, it'd be great to call a timeout and think about it, but then you, you want your timeouts for when you go back on defense. So all of that, you know, ultimately led to, Packers put their defense back on the field and it looked like the strategy was going to work. Um, But then the flag comes out. um, The only other than the, I believe other than the helmet shot on Devontae Adams, that was the only flag on anybody in a defensive secondary, the entire game. And it comes with, and they thought about it. (laughs) It it comes with a minute and a half, a minute and a half left in the game. And look, I'm, I'm not one to say, I'm just going to say this you look at, you look at the replay, it was a penalty. Um, But it was the type of penalty that hadn't been called all game long. And I think that's what makes it, that's what makes it tough from, from the green Bay side. And that's why you saw Matt LaFleur 
as upset as he was. That's why you heard what Aaron Rodgers said after the game, just, uh, just said, Hey, the way the game had been, the way the game had been called, you know, they were letting them play. But as we, as we always say, the Packers shouldn't have let it come down to that. And, uh, and, you know, you put the game in the referee's hands and, and you just have to, you have to take whatever is delivered and the Packers didn't like what was delivered. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it, Mike. And, and it's, I hate talking about officiating because there, I you can't, too. you can't win. <clears throat> Cause you know, we're wearing G's and everything. We sound like homers and right. You know, and, and sour grapes and whatnot. But I mean, I can tell you it was a poorly officiated game. I can tell you that Cleet Blakeman's crew, I don't think at any point in that game had any real command over the action on the field Uh 7:46 to go in the third quarter. Uh, was the first time a flag was thrown. The Lazard play, Allen did everything right when he talked to the media on Monday, did not say one thing iota about it. I think the closest we came to someone actually discussing it was just Kenny Clark saying, well, whether you agree with it or don't agree with it, uh, it was the call on the field. And then for uh, Paul Plesluzny or whatever that back judge's name was, um, whatever, Perry Paganelli. Paganelli, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean – take a picture it'll last longer i mean just just wait 12 minutes and then throw the flag it is what it is you could have made your job a lot easier you could have made everything a lot easier on you if you just instantaneously react to it, it was the only flag to this day i still think that was thrown on that play he missed the call earlier in the game uh what i felt was probably defensive holding on lazard ends up being a pivotal moment because not only does murphy yeah. bunting get the pick it also is what sets up the pass to scotty miller all that being said the Green Bay Packers had countless opportunities to win this game. They had countless opportunities to bounce back from it. They didn't do that. Uh, but in that juncture, after calling it the way that they did the entire game, that is a difficult moment on a third down to make the decision that now is the time to do my job. But yeah, it's what it is. Well, and you could hear after the game and not just in the comments about the officiating, we can move on from that. But whether you're talking about, um, Matt LaFleur's voice, Aaron Rodgers' voice, the, the pain, the disappointment, um, the, the shock in a lot of ways. Not that the Packers, not that anybody was assuming, um, you know, the Packers are going to win the game. They were just going to, you know, go out there and win because it was at Lambeau Field. But when you're having the type of season the Packers are having and things are falling into place, you are planning on winning that game and you are planning on going to the Super Bowl. And um, the, you know, as Roger said, the, the suddenness, the abruptness of the ending like that, when, when that's the mindset that you're in, and even when you're down 18 points and you start rallying that whole sideline, believed they were coming back to win that game. They, they, they believe they had it and they had the opportunities to do it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's going to make, it's going to make for a long off season uh, for, for everybody involved. It's going to be, you know, scrutinized up one side and down the other, just like everything with Seattle was six years ago. But, uh, um, but at the end of the day, the Packers have had back-to-back trips to the NFC title game. There's a lot to hang your hat on there. And uh, unfortunately, you're just going to have to keep waiting and keep fighting to try to get back to a Super Bowl. Yeah, no question. And that is the tough thing because it's not just exclusive to the Packers. There's a lot of questions. I know Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills have had to answer this week. It always happens this week this way. I mean, whoever loses in the Super Bowl is going to have a lot of questions and, and lingering things that they're going to have to address. But I'm guessing just listening to Matt LaFleur and the hurt in his voice on Sunday night, it really is going to come back to not running the ball enough down the stretch. You get the two takeaways. It just leads to three straight passes and in, in two, three and outs. And then getting down to the four, you know, between um, that to the eight yard line, 
obviously the decision to go for two, St. Brown not being able to catch that ball. Right. And then the maybe that ultimately affected the way they approached the end of that drive where they get down to the eight-yard line. But, Mike, you and I have seen it so much. We saw it especially in the Rams game uh, when they get inside the 10, how you can kind of chip away with the run. Jamal Williams did a really solid job of that against the Rams down the stretch. Uh, they, did, they, didn't, they didn't go that direction here. They, they went with the passes. It is what it is, and uh, ultimately made the decision to go for the field goal. I think if you saw the statistics, I've seen a lot of the a- analysts uh, mentioning, you know, might have been ten percent either way uh, in terms of win probability. There, it's just it's a difficult spot to be in. Things will be questioned, but at the end of the day, the Green Bay Packers just came up five points short there of of being able to to figure out uh, a way to way back down to Tampa. Yeah, it's interesting. I think, and I, th- I think you and I share the same perspective in that you know we we watch everything that goes on with this team. We we remember moments and games and and you know seasons, especially when you're in the midst of them. You remember all kinds of things inside and out, and you could just tell certainly as as that first half was unfolding, and certainly the way the first half ended and the way the second half began it just felt like this completely out of character game for the green Bay Packers. It's like the Packers are not, this is not the 2020 Packers we're seeing out there and it can happen to anybody at any time. But when you get into that out of character type of game in the playoffs, when it's a a do or die, you know, win or go home situation, it's really, really hard to, it's, it's hard to recover from that. And the Packers tried, uh, they fought, I mean, to, to be down 18 points against Tom Brady and, intercept three passes and get a couple of touchdowns and, and keep that a one score game throughout the fourth quarter and give yourself a chance. It doesn't make it, it doesn't make it any easier, but it's, it's just a even greater reflection in my mind of how out of character so many other things were that were going on, whether it's, whether it is abandoning a run, you know, not staying balanced on offense when, you know, when you're in goal to go, or when you have a, when you have a chance to settle the game down, just, all of those things that uh, the Packers didn't look like the Packers in, in a game that, uh, that you need to be, you need to be playing your best. And unfortunately they just, they just didn't bring their best on Sunday. No. And you feel for the guys in the locker room, as, as Aaron Rodgers said afterwards, you feel for Mercedes Lewis and in these guys that were trying to make a run at this thing, make a run at the ring, make a run at playing in a Super Bowl. I mean, even, you know, Corey Lindsley mentioned uh, on Monday when he spoke to the media, you know, him and David Bakhtiari have talked for six, seven years now about wanting to to be able to go to a Super Bowl together and, and be part of a, an offensive line that plays in that environment. And, and also, uh, you do feel for the fan base uh, because Wisconsin sport fans, Mike, you've seen a lot of those graphics here. They've had a lot of heartache uh, the last 10 years, especially since the Packers won Super Bowl 45. Yeah. And whether it was the Brewers, whether it was the Bucks two years ago, whether it was the Bucks last year um, in the semifinals. I mean, there's just... It, it, it hurts for these moments because there's so much emotion involved and it's yeah. been building up now after a lot of disappointments. So yeah. all you can do is point to the future, uh, point to the fact that on February 7th, the 6th, they're going to crown a new Super Bowl champion. The 7th, everything swings back over and hope springs eternal. And the Green Bay Packers will put their best foot forward and trying to finally bring that elusive championship back home in this upcoming season. Yeah. All righty. Well, we'll, uh, Perhaps talk about the Super Bowl 55 matchup on our next show, but for now, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to continue following all of our coverage of the team here on Packers.com. For Wes, I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time. 